Okay, welcome along to a brand new podcast I am calling The Bug Extra. Whenever I can't get a new guest on, on my How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast, I'll be bringing on a previous guest uh, to talk about current wrestling stuff. And uh, I'd like to say joining me for this episode is uh, the one and only Mr. Preet Paul. Preet, how's it going? I'm doing well, David. I'm honoured to be your first guest on The Extra. I'm delighted to have you. I mean, I've done sort of similar things to this, but I thought let's, let's, let's right. actually give it a, an official name. And and I hope to right. have a podcast every single week. So if I can't get one for the normal podcast, we'll, we'll do something like this. And I'm sure you'll be on several times uh, in the year. Uh, oh, well, if you yeah, want to, be, of course. To. <laughs> no, of course, of course, of course. So we're going to basically talk about the current wrestling news. And, and of course, we've got a huge pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, which I'm going to actually go through in depth with uh, a few of the other guys from the uh, fight game group. Uh, Paul Fontaine will be joining me, uh, Kevin Ely. Um, Larry won't be joining me this time, but we'll be joined by um, Sebastian Garache and... Is there one other? Oh, yeah, Steve Geimer. How can I forget Steve? Uh, they'll be joining me on uh, Friday for that. But just in general, um, what are your thoughts on uh, this pay-per-view coming up, Revolution? Are you as hyped as you normally are for a AEW pay-per-view? So on paper, I'm probably more hyped for this card than I was even for gear. And I just uh, look at the kind of a lineup for this uh, Revolution card, and uh, majority of the matches, I, I personally feel they've built very well. And not that they didn't build full gear well, but um, I just uh, was comparing actually both cards to like a little rehash of full gear. And of course, everyone remembers the debut that happened on that card. And that's uh, what made it uh, kind of extra special. And of course, Hangman finally beating Kenny made it uh, really special. But as an overall card on paper, if I was just looking at both cards, I think I'd be um, more hyped for this one. Now, will we have the same type of debuts or surprises in general in this card than Full Gear? Maybe not. Uh, maybe we will. Maybe Tony's going to feel like he has to always seem to deliver something in that nature on these uh, you know, cards that are only four times a year, But which would make it even better. In my opinion, I'm pretty sure the majority of the matches that I think are going to be good on Revolution will uh, li- live up to expectations. At least that's my hope. Yeah, it definitely feels more built up. Not that the other shows aren't, but some of these feuds have been going on for a while. I mean, uh, obviously, Punk and MJF goes back a little ways, and obviously we've already seen a match with those two on, on Dynamite. Uh, Jericho Kingston, that's kind of been slowly simmering away, and um, that should be really, really good. I think um, definitely need to see Kingston get a big win at some point. I think maybe this will be the time to do it. Uh, but we'll, like I said, we'll come on to that on uh, on Friday. But yeah, it, it definitely feels like a a very well built up show. And it's, I mean, it's the card is just, I mean, every AEW pay-per-view looks really, really good. The card looks really good. But this one in particular, I think, has potential to really deliver. So, So which match are you most looking forward to? So, I think if I look at it from two different aspects, if we look at it from an in-ring aspect, I think it's a tie for, um, you know, uh, Hangman Page versus Adam Cole and Danielson versus Moxley. In my opinion, those yep. two are at the top of my list for 
in-ring kind of uh, work that we could see. But when it comes to in-ring combined with story and what I'm really invested, I'm not to say I'm not invested in everything else, I pretty much am, um, but the uh, MJF versus CM Punk uh, match. I just feel last week with MJF's promo that had so much realism in it, so much truth in it, just added yet another layer to the story that no one was expecting, in my opinion. Um, you know, everyone saw, you know, Punk lost to MJF twice on Dynamite, both, um, you know, uh, with MJF cheating, but still lost twice. And a lot of people felt like the feud was going maybe in the wrong direction and maybe the focus was going on Wardlow. And um, last week, I felt like everything got centered back on MJF versus CM Punk. And we have this uh, villain origin story of sorts. And I'm just really interested to see what happens, first of all, tomorrow night on Dynamite as the next piece of the uh, story. But then really what plays out on the pay-per-view because everyone expects CM Punk's got to be getting a win back here, and he probably will, but what will come from it? You know, I feel, I feel like we are not coming to the end of the story between these two with what happened last week. So I'm just really intrigued on what happens. Is there a better performer on the microphone right now than MJF? He's at the top, and when I think about you know these awards and these people always doing votes, like who's the best on the mic, MJF always comes to the top of my mind. Um, but the, there's one thing, um, and many and a few other people have critiqued him about this over time, even recently, is that I feel like he's always yelling, and he's always got that one level of pitch when he's doing his promo in the ring. Um, even last week, I mean, last week he was a little bit different because it was more of a serious promo, but there was still times of that kind of just talking loud um, uh, note to it. And I think if he altered that note more often, even when he's being a full-blown heel, I think he, there's no one else that could touch him in the industry today. And he very well still could be considered the best. It's just that I think maybe at times there may be someone else that can cut a better promo that week compared to MJF the previous week if that one person is able to change their tone, change their emotion uh, during it. I think that plays a huge role in uh, promos coming across. is isn't just what you say, um, but exactly how you deliver it. But he's definitely in the top three. Got it. I mean, King, Eddie Kingston would be up there for me as well. And I, I think he's maybe got... I think he maybe is more multi-layered with his, with his promos and what you're saying with MJF. Do you think that's a fair fair comment? Absolutely. Like Eddie's up there for me as well and uh, for different reasons than MJF. And I think that's the beauty of the great promo guys is that they all have their, they bring something to the table uh, very uniquely for themselves and why they're so good at promos. And uh, Eddie, like a lot of his, I mean, you, first of all, you got to be natural, obviously, with public speaking to be do a good promo, um, but you also just have to have your own personality that shines through. And we could talk all night long about, you know, why WWE promos are so uh, lackluster. It's because these people aren't allowed to show well, their real self. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't take that long because the, the reason is it's all scripted. <laughs> and that's, that's the reason. If you go back to Mania last year when... You had that rain delay, and 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 uh, the guys could actually uh, talk for themselves. It was so much better, apart from Shane yeah. McMahon. But yeah, it was it was so much right. better. <laughs> when he just beat himself, it doesn't come across well, right? 
Yeah, it's uh, no, it's ten percent true. It's like maybe it's, you know maybe we don't have to speak all night about it because it's pretty obvious why. And, and but that's but even then, like when someone gets the chance to be on the mic, they just don't have that natural uh, you know personality that is unique and the watcher viewer wants to see more of. Uh, you know their their promos just won't be as good, and you know same thing with Mox. Mox is Mox on the mic, and same thing with Danielson. Like Danielson is Brian Danielson, and you get that sense of that when he speaks on the mic, and that's why you know he's a good promo. And um, I can just imagine some of these guys in WWE just how much better of a performer they would be if we could see the their real self um, when they uh, cut promos and. Um, you know, it's uh, AEW. We're you know we're lucky to have um, a, a good group of those type of guys. You talked um, a little bit about surprises. Obviously, we had surprises at uh, Full Gear. Of course, All Out was was full of surprises with uh, Danielson and and Adam Cole and and even Minoru Suzuki, of course, uh, which we weren't expecting. But um, when it comes to this Sunday, are you expecting to see anybody? Obviously, I don't think we can see Jeff Hardy yet. I think it's the 9th of March is when he's available from. But uh, anybody else? Maybe uh, Cesaro? Or I know Johnny Gorgano put out a thing saying that he's only going to take uh, independent bookings. But, I mean, that could always be a red herring. You never know. I mean, is anybody out there you foresee coming in? Either you know, this, this Sunday or maybe even tomorrow night? Yeah, um, I think one, uh, you might, you're right, I don't think Jeff Hardy is actually able to show up on Sunday, um, but he could show up next on the uh, Dynamite, Dynamite after, yeah. that is the night, right, and so maybe he'll be soon after, maybe they'll tease it more in that sick, sick man tag, maybe Matt Hardy's going to finally have a breakdown and go more into the broken Matt Hardy, which he's slowly been doing, um, and maybe that's how Jeff comes in, but, but aside from that, you brought Cesaro's name, and um, you know, it's Cesaro. Like, there's still supposed to be that one last person in the um, the uh, the ladder match, and I would have assumed that there was going to be one more qualifying match because they have not yet uh, said, unless I've missed it, that the last contestant is a um, last performer is a surprise. They've done that often, but I haven't heard them say that yet for this match, and I haven't heard about a final qualifying match unless I've missed it in the last day or two. Um, and so if there isn't one, then if there is a surprise uh, entrance, then I could see that being Cesaro if that's obviously something that happens. That obviously would be a last-minute deal here because the news of him declining WWE's extension is quite brand new, uh, or new contract is quite brand new. So, But I would love to see Cesaro come in and um, be that uh, surprise <clears throat> excuse me, surprise contestant. So maybe him. Um, but the other um, one I was thinking of is someone that's already there, and I know what he just said on uh, David Garrett's Reference Radio interview by Kenny Omega. And so, you know, the original plan was supposed to be he was going to be healed up for early March and be back for his pay-per-view, maybe to appear on it. And in his recent Wrestling Observer Radio interview, he had said that he's got to put off certain surgeries and it looks like he's at least eight weeks away from coming back. And I'm wondering, is that the red herring? I wonder if he's working enough to make it a surprise. Because when I look at the Hangman-Adam Cole match, I would assume that Hangman is retaining the title, and I could be wrong on that. But if he does, is it because Kenny Omega's back and somehow gets involved in the match? Or maybe Kenny Omega shows up after to go face-to-face with Cole, because obviously they're 
There's a lot of tension there with the elite. So I still kind of feel like Kenny might show up. And even if he's not fully ready to go, he's maybe more ready than he led us on. So, you know, maybe he is a true worker in that sense. Or maybe he was telling the truth in an interview. I don't know. But I'm thinking maybe even Kenny. And then the last one I would think of is uh, Forrest Scott. Um, cause we know yeah, I know he's, in he's and, coming uh, in at some point for sure, yeah. Yeah. And he could even be a surprise contestant in a lot of matches if they're going to do that. Would he be a um, great fit for that match, wouldn't he? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, with with Kenny, I definitely see Kenny. Whenever he does come back, it will be in, it will be with um, Adam Cole. Uh, maybe with we don't know that the Young Bucks are going to be in the Triple Threat Tag Match. I would imagine they probably will be. Obviously, we'll find out tomorrow night. But Red Dragon definitely will be. Uh, if it is the Young Bucks, you could do something like the Young Bucks. And Red Dragon cost themselves in some way, and Jurassic Express uh, retain, which is what I expect will happen. And then we'll have Adam Cole and Red Dragon versus Kenny and the Bucks. I mean that that seems to be the natural direction. Is is that how you see it playing out as well? Yeah, I think so. I think at the very minimum, it would be those three versus those three, and at some point, whenever this is. Uh ready to happen and you know with AWs, we know they like to prolong storylines and regardless of Kenny's injuries or not maybe that is the plan but maybe that plan is not going to happen quite yet uh, maybe we'll finally get that that type of match between those groups at double or nothing and it would still be teasers all the way up until then but you could start out with exactly what you're continuous with what you said they could uh cost each other essentially the match at the pay-per-view um and that's if the bucks are in it maybe we'll see somehow red dragon that's not involved in the battle royal tomorrow night try to quote-unquote help the bucks tomorrow yep, night and absolutely yeah and they could be eliminated maybe we might see another team in there and that would still just add to the story although i don't see them doing a pay-per-view without the young bucks on it i just don't see that um i think uh, they know that young bucks are still a uh a draw and people, uh, you know, want to get, they want to get every buy rate they can get, every buy they can get, but also, I'm pretty sure Young Bucks probably want to be on the page from Chief Augustine. So, um, but, uh, but either way, we'll see what happens. But yeah, so I definitely think it's going to be lead, uh, versus, um, the, uh, you know, uh, Undisputed Era, whatever we want to call them. But I think the very minimum, because maybe there's more people coming in, we got the whole New Japan. Uh, crossover. We still got the big announcement from Tony Khan tomorrow night, whatever it may be. A lot of people speculating has something to do with ROH and buying a library and buying a company. But what if it has something to do with more of a New Japan um, kind of uh, crossover and uh, with things opening up a bit? And maybe we are going to see Jay White more often, you know, Bullet Club stuff. So maybe there'll be more people involved. It's, um, or maybe we'll see the Elite versus the Bullet Club for a while and then, then eventually Elite versus Undisputed Era. So, so many ways they can go. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens tomorrow night. And, and uh, obviously Rampage, I think, is live on, on Friday night as well. So we, we've got two um, shows before we get to the pay-per-view on, on, on Sunday. And, uh, well, yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But but one person, obviously, who won't be involved in any of this is uh, Cody, uh, who uh, no longer with AEW and fully expected to... Uh, be uh, heading to uh, the WWE. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because I have to say, I, I was slightly blindsided by that. I, I wasn't expecting. I know there was. Um, 
we'd all heard about the uh, negotiations, um, them not being able to come to an agreement. But I fully expected Cody to stay with AEW because obviously he was there at the beginning. He was very much one of the founding members, of course, in the beginning. Um, And so, yeah, I was very, very surprised when I heard the news because he was in that system for, what, 10 years? I think it was nine or 10 years. So he knows what the company's about, WWE. Why on earth would you want to go back? I I know know maybe he was given uh, a load of money, but... um, I just don't see him being a star, yeah, a, a top a top star in WWE because he was there before. I I just think of like John Morrison, for example, because John Morrison went away, became a much better performer. I mean, he was pretty good to begin with, but he got even better. He went back and he ended up exactly where he was the first time. So, do you see it going any differently for Cody? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So. I you go back to being blindsided about it. I think a lot of us were, including myself, because uh, you know I think everyone had the idea like, well, well, everyone knows he's working without a contract. He's even made jokes about it uh, during promos, saying Tony hasn't signed the contract yet, and this and that, and obviously Tony trusts him to hold that title, the TNT title, when he was without a contract. Everyone just assumed, oh, oh we worked out, and he'll stay. And so when that happened, it was like, well, something obviously switched, or maybe nothing switched, and that was just what was happening the entire time, and they just have enough respect for each other that Cody was not going to screw Tony, and Tony wasn't going to screw Cody, um, Cody. And so they had that good really working relationship, and, what, and from reports we're hearing since, uh, Cody is very, has very nice things to say about Tony still, and I'm assuming uh, vice versa. So I guess um, maybe we shouldn't have been as blindsided. Maybe, you know, if, if this was going to work out, I think they, on uh, before January 1st, things would have been worked out. And so if we believe some of the reports that come out, and obviously we don't know everything, but some of the reports are saying it wasn't all about money. Yes, maybe Cody wanted more money than his original contract, and I wouldn't blame him because um, the company has grown so much. But And he's a big part of that in the company starting, but... It could have been more, it could have been more about the booking, they're not having as much of that power. Everyone has their opinion on this, but there's only really maybe uh, two people plus maybe a couple more than that that really know the truth. Um, Tony and Cody kind of being at the center of that. Um, so the thing is, is, like, well, why would Cody want to go back to WWE then? And why would he trust that? And to answer your question, I think he would be given uh, more of a uh, kind of a limelight and be presented as a main adventure if he goes back because Vince, you can say a lot of things about him, but um, if he can bring in one of the founders of AEW, um, I think he would show him off to say, look who's back. Look who's the guy that I helped create. That's what he's going to always think that he's going to ignore that Cody went uh, off on his own and increased his own value and just say that, look, I got my competitors uh, one of the main guys, one of the most uh, kind of uh, guys out on social media. People know his name. Uh, they know a lot of fans who don't follow AEW will recognize him, and I think they will push him to begin with. And then, in my opinion, Cody is going to become like every other quote-unquote main eventer that isn't named Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar, and that means you're a main eventer, but you're really not a main eventer. We look at guys like KO, look at guys like Seth Rollins, how are those guys like that not top serious talent in that company? At times they are, and then at other times they're 
uh, comedy acts or they're losing and winning 50 50. Uh, look at Seth and KO right now. Yeah, KO might have this match with Steve Austin coming up. But look at the program building to it. It's, it's pretty sad, in my opinion. Um, and and, uh, and they have so much talent that can be top, top stars, but they're only allowing really two guys to be top stars. And I don't see Cody being a third. I just don't see it. And I don't think Vince is going to like kind of the way Cody speaks and is going to try to cut his own promos and, and all that. And this is all if he goes back to WWE. We don't know for sure. I mean, that's obviously what everyone thinks because that's his next big paycheck, uh, next AEW. Um, but I, I believe I was listening to one of um, uh, to Matt Men podcasts from last week with Andy Zarian, and he said now when he asked about Cody, um, or no, no, not uh, it wasn't Andy Zarian. It was um, Sean Ross Sapp, and uh, one of his recent updates, audio updates, he mentioned that now when he asked about Cody to people in WWE, they're responding with if he shows up. If he comes in, whereas originally when Paul went down, it was more like we're semi celebrating that he's going to be here. So maybe something's changed, and who's you know we don't know for sure. But my long answer to your quick question is, I think he will be presented in a limelight, but I don't think it's going to last too long. Yeah, because as you say, it doesn't. It never happens. I mean, they they will they will push a guy. I mean, look at Big E. I mean, Big E. They gave the title to. And uh, now he's right back where he was before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I have no reason to be optimistic because WWE gives me no reason to be. But uh, we will see. As you say, we don't even know that Cody's going to go there. Uh, we, we just don't know. There's, there's so many ifs and buts. Um, we just don't know. But um, you mentioned Kevin Owens possibly having a match with uh, Steve Austin. At WrestleMania, that is uh, the big mm. talk, of course, or one of the big talks. Um, and it's been 19 years since we saw Steve Austin in the ring. Uh, WrestleMania 19 against The Rock. He's had chances here and there. You know, there was talk of him maybe doing a match for CM Punk at one point, about a decade ago, nearly now. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Kevin Owens, A, that Kevin Owens is the right opponent, and B, that Steve Austin coming back after all this time is a good idea? Well, I think from a business standpoint and getting uh, WrestleMania's name out in mainstream media, it's a very good thing if Steve Austin came back to WrestleMania from a WWE business standpoint. From from a Steve Austin maybe legacy standpoint, I mean, I guess that's only left to him. Uh, you know, that it's him to answer that question. But it's interesting, like you just said, that he's declined all these other times to come back for who knows what reasons. Every time, uh, you know, most people you feel bring up the more recent de- uh, decline of uh, coming back for a Saudi show, and people are like, oh, he he turned down so much money for that. But we also don't know his personal reasons for declining that. Maybe he doesn't want anything to do with the Saudi show. Um, you know, just like some other talent doesn't, like KO, for example. Um, but we don't know. And uh, Or maybe he just felt he wasn't physically ready. And if he feels like he's physically ready now, maybe he's looking at this as, well, this is the one shot uh, I have for it. He knows how I'll feel next year. Uh, they're offering me millions of dollars, so maybe I take it. And so... I think from those standpoint, from the standpoint of that and WWE business, it makes, um, and it's in Texas, it makes perfect sense 
but to do it in the manner they're doing, if this is an actual match, it's very lackluster. Um, there's no program being built other than KO is, for some reason, he hates Texas, you know, just to build this match. And I get the feeling, and if they're this stupid to do this, I don't know what to say, but um, i starting to get the feeling that Austin may not even show up on TV, that KO at WrestleMania is going to be out in the rain making fun of Texas and then the music's going to hit. And we're going to get that, quote-unquote, surprise Steve Austin appearance, which might be an official match. And that's another question is, how much of a match will it be? Is it going to be an actual match? Is it just going to be Steve Austin, uh, you know, uh, beating KO down for a couple minutes or not even a couple minutes and stun him and he's out? You can't even really call it a match. It's more of an appearance. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but at this point, I'm not excited for it because even if Steve Austin showed up next week, it's all about just uh, KO, not liking Texas. And maybe if Steve Austin shows up next week and they do face-to-face promo work, I'll get more excited about it because KO can be great on the mic when it's something like that as opposed to what they have him doing. Like, I haven't watched this part of Raw last night, uh, and I doubt I will, but I've seen pictures of, um, I saw clips of it, I saw clips of him doing some of his promo work, but I didn't watch the whole segment, was uh, KO came out with a cowboy hat on sideways to insult Texans. Um, I, I don't know. It just it doesn't work for me, and it works for some people out there, I'm sure. But it's um, it's uh, it's very lackluster in that sense. Yes, there's still have time. WrestleMania is not this weekend. It's still uh, I guess four weeks away or so, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of questions in the area with the Steve Austin return. Um, what can you do? Is going to be a real match? Um, is KO the right opponent? I mean. I guess. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, if, if Austin could come back and do a serious program, a serious match, I would have loved for him to come back to try to come after Roman. Or to come after Brock, to get that Brock match. Um, but well, that's obviously not in the cards. I think maybe this is to test the waters. I mean, obviously Steve... See, I've got enough faith in Steve to know that... to, to think that he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't think he could really do it. Because, you know, a lot of why he hasn't come back before is a pride thing where he has a pretty high opinion of his own work and he doesn't want to come back and be a diminished version of what he was before. Um, So he obviously feels that he can at least do some sort of match. And maybe this is like, like I say, the test of waters see how it goes, and then maybe he'll do another one. Um, yeah, because Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of Kevin Owens, but he's not really the level of star you would want to see someone like a Steve Austin come back to face. But if it's the beginning of a comeback where it's going to lead to other matches, then um, I think you know Kevin Owens is a, fight, a good choice as anyone, and, and then maybe, then maybe then you can see him go against... Uh, quote-unquote, bigger star. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to just wait and see how it all plays out. But I, I think Steve obviously feels he can, you know, he, he obviously feels good. Uh, I'm sure he keeps in, in pretty good shape. Well, I know he keeps in good shape. And, and there was talk of him having a ring. Uh, did he have a ring sort of to his house or something I saw? Uh, or close to his house, where he was um, working out, similar to what Undertaker did, didn't he, um, when he came back. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it's uh, it's certainly, as you say, the build has been pretty lacklustre so far. But we have got a little bit of time to go yeah. yet, so let, let, let's uh, let's give it a chance. But uh, do you think there's anything? Do you think that's a good point that maybe uh, it could lead to more with Steve? Because if you look at the Goldberg deal, maybe he's um, looking to do something like that. You know, two or three matches a year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that definitely could be in the cards. And so maybe that is why it's starting with, you know, in a sense, Jeff K.O., just to get in there and uh, work with a professional that can bump for him. And um, and uh, it's already been kind of a kind of joke few going into it. It'll be kind of just a fun time for a few minutes in the ring. And if he feels good and comes out of it feeling good, right, a more serious program and an actual program could be um, on deck down the, uh, down the road. they got a couple different stadium shows they've got to sell later this year. Um, they're doing their typical big SummerSlam show in the stadium, and uh, they're doing money in the bank in um, the big football stadium in Las Vegas this year, mm-hmm. too. So uh, I guess they think they can draw a big crowd for money in the bank now. Um, and so they got some of these big shows coming up, so maybe that is in the cards, and maybe that's part of the deal. It's just a shame that there's such a... And it's, it's been a problem for a long time, but there's an over-reliance on stars from the past and obviously they can't go to the they can't go to Undertaker anymore well I guess they could but I, I don't see it happening anymore with him I think I think he is pretty much done now um and Triple H I'm not sure because of his heart issues if they can mm-hmm. really bring in Triple H and have him do a match I don't think Sean wants to maybe do a match again after that absolute disaster in, in Saudi. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, they've only really got, you know, Goldberg. And to me, Goldberg doesn't really mean a whole lot when he comes in. Um, they've mm-hmm. kind of maybe used him too many times now. So, yeah, Steve yeah. Austin is one guy that... I mean, the obvious one is, is Dwayne. And, and and maybe we will mm-hmm. get him and, and Roman next year. Uh, but, um, yeah, Steve is someone who definitely has that name value that definitely will you know, help them fill that stadium in Texas because, I mean, he's probably the biggest... I mean, outside of Hogan, he is probably the biggest star in the company's history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's... Once again, it doesn't say what he can take in the ring bump-wise, but he's in, in recent uh, you know, videos uh, he's been in. His, he's in unbelievable shape right now. Um, his yeah. physique is just top-notch for his age. Um, and uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that translates to being be able to do things safely in the ring. But um, at least that standpoint, uh, things look to be pretty uh, good for him. Yeah, because Steve is, I think, fifty-seven. He, he he maybe looks at Sting, who's I think sixty-two, and Sting has been mm-hmm. absolute and oh. has been absolutely incredible with with, with what he's done. But um, Steve Austin, Sting, they're still a hell of a lot younger than Vince McMahon who apparently is also going to be returning to the ring after, I think, a decade. I think it was 2012, the last time we saw a match with Vince, uh, where he, uh, I think, took on CM Punk. But Vince McMahon at 76 against Pat Mm -hmm. McAfee, doesn't that just fill you with excitement, Preet? Oh, man. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's... uh... I still think, even though there's a report that internally it's listed as Vince versus uh, McAfee at WrestleMania, uh, it's, uh, it's also a report that's going to be a lot of smoke and mirrors, and I think a big part of that's going to be Austin Theory, 
uh, last night on Raw, I guess Billy, uh, you know, told Vince, I'm going to go to, you know, Pat Maxey's show with you in case Pat tries to jump you, which makes absolutely no sense in the <laughs> real world. Why would Pat McAfee is being paid by this man in real life to be an announcer on his show, attack him, um, uh, because he showed up at his studio for an interview, uh, for an interview. It's, um, just absolute nonsense writing, but that's what they do. Um, and the people that love them, they love this stuff. I don't know why, but, you know, God bless them. But the, um, the issue is, uh, you know, he's at his age and just how old he now looks. Um, I, you know, we still hear the stories that he still works out 3 a.m. every night and barely sleeps and he's still, uh, doing all this stuff and that's great. Um, but he, uh, definitely has aged significantly in the last five to 10 years and, um, and how much could he really ever do in the ring to begin with, let alone now? Um, so they might list that as a match, but it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a little bit of a gong show. And, uh, I'm, I'm definitely assuming Theory is going to be the one taking the bump. Yeah, I can't for the life of me imagine that Vince is going to put on the gear he used to wear and actually get in the ring and have an actual match. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe it will be like a cinematic type thing. Um, And I do do expect a lot of smoke and mirrors, as you say, and and, um, Mm -hmm. Austin Theory. How do you feel about Austin Theory, actually, uh, just going off on a tangent? Because I think, obviously, they, they... When I say they, I mean WWE. They have had a huge problem with pushing young stars. I mean, I think it was last year's Royal Rumble, there was that stat that there was only two people in it under the age of 30, which was, I think, Dominic Mysterio and Otis. Everybody else is over 30. Austin Theory is, what, 22, 23 years old? They haven't really had anyone of that age as a top guy for a very, very long time. And you probably have to go back to when Randy Orton and John Cena first came in, uh, back in like 2003, 2004. So mm-hmm. Austin Theory, I think he's got a lot of potential, but do you see him as a potential main event star down the road? Uh, I think he has all the skill in the world to get to that point. Um, it's all going to depend on exactly how they use them. And he's in a, he's a very unique position that, for some reason, um, at his age, you know, Vince is not just highlighting him week after week, but he's working directly with them. And um, I think that says a lot. I think if uh, Vince didn't see much in him as a future you know, main eventer or top guy, I don't think uh, Vince would be uh, created this whole thing to do with him, you know, for the last few months uh, or however long it's been. Um, doesn't mean it's going to work out well for him in the end. Also, uh, what he's doing with Vince is, you know, still quite, you know, uh, very much comedy um, and uh, not all serious. But it's it's definitely unique because they're not doing this with any of the other young, uh, really young talent, um, and they don't have much of that really young talent, anyways. And a lot of it's in. Uh, actually, I don't even. You know, I'd have to look and see how how old some of the guys are in NXT. A lot of the guys that are getting highlighted there, but I'm sure there's some guys in the in their young 20s um, or mid 20s, but they're not ready for the main roster. And so maybe one day, these are going to be the guys that they're actually going to start to push. Uh, and otherwise, what's the point of NXT 2.0? Was the point of changing it to what they've done if they weren't going to use these new guys um, and uh, you know eventually on the main roster like that? But 
yeah, so I, I think Austin, uh, you know, so I think uh, Theory has a, a shot, but that's all he has because it is WWE. And, uh, you know, two months from now, maybe Vince will hate his WrestleMania performance and then uh, he's in the doghouse. Well, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, absolutely, because even the guys you thought were were surefire things, you know, Keith Lee, when Keith Lee comes up, he's going to be a huge star. I mean, obviously he came in, he beat Randy Orton on that one pay-per-view, but then he just floundered, you know, and they brought in Karrion Cross and had him lose to Jeff Hardy in two minutes on Raw. I mean, these were two guys who I thought could come up and be huge stars for the company so and even mm-hmm. guys they have got behind recently you know drew mcintyre and and bobby lashy they're not new guys i mean they, they were there over a decade ago so and yeah. they've come back so yeah i mean their track record is is, is not really uh fantastic and, and if you look at AEW, you've got all these great young guys you, you know hangman page is a champion right now i think i think he's what 30 You've got MJF, who's 25. You've got Sammy and, and Darby Allen, who are both in their late 20s. You've got Ricky Starks, who I think is one of the most underrated guys they've got, who is, I think, uh, around the same age as well, sort of late 20s. Um, they haven't really got anyone like that in, in, in WWE. And I think with Austin Theory, I think it was an interesting thing. Uh, it was quite telling in many ways that when you look at the Elimination Chamber match they had, Brock mm-hmm. came in and he took out Seth Rollins straight away. You know, F5'd mm-hmm. him, right. pinned him, he was gone. And they did the same with, uh, who else did the match? Uh, it was Seth, AJ, and was it one other guy that he um, took yeah, out? Yeah, there had to have been. It wasn't yeah, KO, been, was it? Um, it wasn't KO, it was... Uh, wasn't KO? No, uh, no, no, oh, no, well, no there wasn't another guy, because obviously Lashley right. wasn't in it. So was it just yeah, AJ no, and... No, that, uh, yeah, Lashley. Lashley was in it, but he they did the angle where he got um, uh, concussed, quote unquote. But it was yeah. he had the shoulder injury going into the match. So, right. So yeah, yeah, it was just Seth and AJ then. It was just Seth and AJ. But Seth and AJ are two guys they have yeah. they have kind yeah. of gotten behind. As you said earlier, they've they've kind of pushed them in the main events at times. But then they're back doing comedy stuff the next minute. But yeah, he took him out straight away. But Austin Theory, they actually gave a you know a little bit too. He he. Um, Got the low blow in on, on Brock. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was interesting that they didn't just uh, beat him straight away and he was the last right. guy eliminated. So, yeah, clearly, and, and as you say, with Vince working with him on screen as well, clearly mm-hmm. they have got some investment in him. But uh, Vince mm-hmm. changes his mind yeah. so quickly that, uh, who knows, he, he could be flavour of the month one minute and then the next minute right. he's not. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, Matt, uh, Matt Riddle. He was the other guy. In the oh, movie. there was another guy. Yeah, Riddle. That's it. Yeah, Riddle. Yeah. Right. And right. Riddle, some people might look at him and be like, oh, he's a young, new guy. Well, he's not young. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, you know, he's he's new-ish for WWE, but he's he's not young. And uh, But he is one guy from Triple H's NXT that Vince has liked, and that's why he has the spot he has. But I also see a big ceiling uh, for Riddle in WWE. I don't think Vince will ever take him seriously either. But that's a tangent. Yeah, I don't know what the original plan, because things have changed so much since the day one show, because Seth Rollins was going to win the title mm-hmm. at the day one show. And I think by, it sort of sounds like he was going to face Shane McMahon 
I mean, that was the, that was the plan at one stage. So I guess we would have got mm-hmm. Seth and Shane for the for the title. I guess would have been one of the matches, and obviously Brock and Roman was going to be the other one. But now they're doing a mm-hmm. unification match. So how do you see that playing yeah. out? Do do you? I mean, there's there's obviously talk that they're going to go back to having two champions again. Uh, which is they, they seem yeah. to have done this so many times where they do a unification match. There's going to be one champion, and then they go back to having two champions again, like a few months later, because John Cena and and Randy Orton had a unification match, didn't they? Um, was it sort of five six years ago? And um, they went back to having two champions again. They 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 brought in the Universal Championship. And um, mm-hmm. they, 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 yeah, they created a new title. But how do you see it going this time around? Do you think? Because I kind of like the idea of Roman being the champion, the, the sole champion. You know, having both belts mm-hmm. and maybe appearing on both shows because he is the biggest star they've got. So he may as well be mm-hmm. on both shows. Yeah, and. If it was truly a unification match, which it isn't, uh, you know, what's been reported is that they're still going to have two titles, which means definitely one's going to be vacated or lost soon after this. Um, if it was going to be true unification where they only have one champion, it, in my opinion, kind of gives away then into the match that Roman must be the winner then because, yes, Brock's been doing a lot of appearances lately, but is he really going to want to keep doing weekly appearances maybe twice a week? Uh, he doesn't have to be on both shows every week, but you're going to do one champion, you're going to want to have that title represented on the show, whether it's in promos or uh, matches once in a while, um, on a regular basis. So that would, to me, say, okay, then Roman's got to be winning. But maybe the plan is for Brock to actually finally get his win on Roman in this little new feud they have, because, you know, uh, Roman's left the better of them a couple times now, uh, the one match, but then he cost Brock the, the title to Lashley and, and all that. So maybe this will Brock get his win back. And then because it's not truly unified, we don't have to worry about Brock uh, Green to be on both shows over time and on the road over time because he's going to either vacate one of the titles or he's going to drop it again quick uh, to somebody. And um, and so um, I think by not doing a true unification, at least gives a little bit more uh, uncertainty how the match is going to go, in my opinion. Um, but if they do a true unification and let's say, or even if they don't, if Roman has both titles uh, and he just ends up vacating it uh, because he's like, this title doesn't mean anything to me. Like, he's always thrown on the ground before. Um, I could see them doing that. I could see them degrading their own title because Roman's character just would call for it. And um, and this is the original, I believe if we look at the lineage, that's the original WWF world title that he'd be uh, degrading. And um, it's uh, such a WWE thing to do. And I think it would be a very poor choice to beat Brock and then just have the title mean nothing and then it's vacated and a bunch of, in a sense, jabroni go for it because it's not worth Roman's time. Um, I can totally see them doing this type of thing. And, uh, you know, once again, does it matter to their bottom line in the end? Not really. Not with the amount the money they're making, but it's a wrestling fan, it's a pro wrestling fan. It's, uh, it's just uh, really sucks to see storylines like that. But um, I can see them even doing that. So it's hard to say that's what's going to happen. Um, but I still think that the Brock may win this match, and uh, that's why it's not going to be true unification. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think it, it kind of, in a way, is the argument as to why you have Brock Lesnar end the streak. Who else are you going to have beat Roman Reigns for that title? 
because nobody else has really been built up enough to where they can take the title from him. So if anyone can do it, then, I, then Brock would make sense. But then that would mean that Roman loses again to Brock, and it's been yeah he he lost both times before. Well, actually, the first time, of course, was a Seth Cashin, wasn't it? But uh, he lost last time at WrestleMania to Brock. Right, and that that's the thing is that if it's not Brock, then it almost has to be their plan that Dwayne is showing up the next year to be the one to maybe dethrone Roman, and by then maybe he'll lose to Roman too if Dwayne agrees to it. Um, but because it's like if it's not Brock, who is it? And you know when they originally were doing, when they did the Seth Rollins match um, with Roman Reigns at uh, what was it Royal Rumble? Um, like uh, people were thinking, or even Dave was saying, like, oh well, maybe Seth is going to win because. He was originally going to win on day one, but like, well, day one didn't involve Roman. There's just no way that Seth would just randomly end Roman's uh, undefeated streak in a you know one month feud. I just didn't see that. At well, all. unless of course um, they did what yeah the reverse of what happened with uh, Brock and um, Lashley. Sure. But you don't want to do the same thing That's on both. Sh- you don't want to do the same thing in, on both shows, yeah. do you? Where um, yeah, either guy. And plus, um, the way they did it. The Seth match and Roman went on first anyway. Uh, it was later mm-hmm. on in the show that they did Brock and uh, mm-hmm. and Lashley, and, and Roman came in and, and cost and cost Brock. But yeah, I, I think um, yeah, I mean they they definitely painted themselves into a corner where mm-hmm. to me I think they need to keep the belt on Roman indefinitely. I, I just don't see anyone who they could have beat him. I, I don't. I'm not actually opposed to him keeping the belt another year really i mean it's uh he's held it since um what just after SummerSlam of uh, 2020 um mm-hmm. and yeah i mean it, it's there's no reason why he can't go on and maybe um i mean he's not gonna i don't see him breaking the next record which i think would be hogan's one uh hogan held it for the first time from 84 to like 88 i don't see him having mm-hmm. a four-year reign with the title but uh he definitely could hold it another year though couldn't he yeah I, I think they could and i think honestly nothing's out of the realm now when it comes to that because i think a lot of people expect him to lose by now and the fact that he hasn't um and this argument that brock's not the one then who is? I mean, you, you almost have to keep the title until, on him until they build someone worthy of doing it or Dwayne comes back to do it. Um, but even if Dwayne comes back to the match, like people keep talking about that match, but it's like, so what is the plan then for Dwayne to disarm or Dwayne to lose? And if Dwayne loses, then what? Like, then what do they do? I guess in their minds, oh, we'll have another start built by then, but uh, come on, really? Like, <laughs> their track record does not show you're going to have another start worthy of doing that. And will Dwayne disagree to even come back to lose? Like, I mean, maybe he doesn't give a shit at this point. Or maybe he's like, no, if I'm coming back, I'm going out on top. You know, like, maybe he will have that attitude. I don't know. Um, but, and so I think there's so many unanswered questions based on, you know, letting things play out. But, uh, yes, I could see him holding up another year for sure. And, um, you know, if he does uh, break the next record for uh, longest reign, um, I think it's probably a byproduct that they just never have someone worth beating him. And I think at some point, I mean, Roman is still a draw, but I think at some point it's going to wear thin. Um, that he's no said, one ever beats him, so yeah. the point. But there, like I said, there isn't anyone. I mean, Bron Breaker, maybe, but I mean, Bron Breaker to me is just another, yeah. could just be another one like Keith Lee or, or um, yeah. 
Karrion Cross. I mean, if they really built up Karrion Cross, he could have come in and he could have been someone that perhaps could. And Alistair Black was another one that, you know, to me, mm-hmm. there was that talk of you know, WrestleMania uh, two years ago when they did Drew versus um, Brock. There was talk of it coming down to a choice between Drew and Alistair Black as, as the two guys they were yeah. thinking about. So I, I was thinking maybe yeah. Alistair Black would be the guy to win the Royal Rumble the following year. And then they just, mm-hmm. yeah, that that was me trying to be optimistic, I guess. But yeah, I mean, right. those guys just, they felt like, as I said earlier, can't miss guys. But yet mm-hmm. here we are and all three of them are no longer with the company. You know, two of them are in AEW and, and who's to say where Karrion Cross will end up. Maybe he'll end up in AEW one day. Who knows? But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, yeah, there isn't anyone. But there, there could have been. That's the thing. Yeah. They, they could have really... Yeah. It's their own fault. It really is their own fault at the end of the day. And, and I yeah. know that um, WrestleMania has always been built up around stars in the past and, and you know celebrities. Mm-hmm. But you should have a good mm-hmm. enough roster... And you should have enough stars to where there shouldn't be this over-reliance on celebrities and bringing guys back to fill a stadium. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and And you look at their... their inability to book uh, interesting programs outside of title pictures, and you see that pay-per-view to pay-per-view and the WrestleMania coming up. It's like they have so little to uh, have, they had so little for Sasha Banks that she's then now randomly she's going for the women tag titles with Naomi. Yeah. And it's like, how do you drop the ball on a program for Sasha Banks? She doesn't have to be in the title picture, but that just shows how they can't book yeah. good programs that don't involve titles. Whereas AEW, they have many programs that don't involve titles that have actually overshadowed, actually in some negative ways, their actual title pictures like MJFC and Punk. Um, and uh, that just shows that the title is not to be involved. And it's almost like uh, anything about uh, beyond uh, Brock and Roman and maybe one or two other programs is just like, yeah, just find something for them to do. And that's when you look at the rest of the roster. So you're right. I, will Brock, um, a Braun Breaker, be that next one? Well, he has a better shot than like, Karen Cross and Keith Lee because he's one of Vince's creations and from the get go. And uh, so maybe he'll have a better shot. But there's so much time or so much can go wrong. Yeah, that absolutely is. And I think, um, as you say, I mean, there, there's certain people you would you would think should have a plan at WrestleMania. I mean, I, I, think, back, I think back to last year and, and I was so disappointed in what they did with Bailey because Bailey had been the SmackDown you know, women's champion for all that time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, did, she like, carried the pandemic era in a lot of ways. Yeah, she did. I mean, her and her and Sasha. I thought I, I still am completely confused as to why they blew off that feud so quickly as well. I mean, they had the they had that one Hell in a Cell match, didn't they? And that was it. That it was over. It was done with. And that that's a feud that had been simmering away for two, three years. And to me, that could have had legs to go to maybe WrestleMania. And they just blew it off mm-hmm. after one Hell in a Cell match. Um, uh, yeah, really disappointing. I think Bailey. Uh, I don't know what her status is when she'll be back, but her mm-hmm. and Asuka, uh, in particular, mm-hmm. are two women that I think they should be doing a hell of a lot more with. It, it just feels like 
You've got Roman and Brock on the men's side. Then on the women's side, it's Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And there's yeah. everybody else is beneath them. And, it, you know, they, they might throw Sasha a bone every now and again or Bailey or... But, yeah, I mean, Charlotte and Becky are the two they're going to protect. Uh, if yeah, you look, and Ronda now. And obviously sure. with Ronda's coming in as well yeah. now, yeah. But um, I, I still come back to WrestleMania two years ago where Becky faced uh, Shayna Baszler and Charlotte faced Rhea Ripley. And I would have thought that both Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler had to win. Yeah. But yeah, if if I both agree. of them aren't going to win, at least one of them has to win, and they both lost. Yeah. And and to me, that yeah. just says it all. And Asuka yeah. lost her yeah. very first match against Charlotte at WrestleMania. Was it four, oh, yeah. four years ago? So yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it just comes back to what we were saying. I mean, you've got Roman and Brock, you've got Charlotte and Becky, and there's everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all those examples you gave would have been a way to make that person. Yeah, and, because uh, I mean, they decided, decided against it, and they haven't done anything with it since. So, and Shayna Baszler is someone that I mean, they should have be, they should have built her up, and she should be going against Ronda Rousey. This is a match that people would mm-hmm. be excited to see. You know, this killer mm-hmm. who's gone for the entire roster, and here comes yeah. Ronda Rousey coming back to take down yeah. Shayna Baszler. That's how I would have booked yeah. it. I know yeah, Bianca Belair. Like to be no, fair, yeah. Bianca Belair's done well, and they have they have they've got behind yeah. her, and she's done well for herself. But yeah, yeah. It's it, it, she's like the one exception, I think. One exception, but there's still a but because look what happened to her at SummerSlam, and yes, she might finally get her revenge at WrestleMania, but I also would not put it past them, David, for uh, Becky to somehow beat Bianca at WrestleMania. And if Becky does, then Bianca's story still comes to a halt of mm. how she never got. The revenge on heel Becky. Now I think they're not going to do that. I think Bianca's going to actually well, get her revenge. Many of them it all works out, but if it doesn't, then it's yet another example of how uh, let it play out never almost never works in that company. But um, but that one I trust that Bianca's going to to win. That you know I say that and I feel foolish saying it now, but um, <laughs> I think that is what's going to happen. So revolution. On Sunday, we are very much excited for, but as you can tell, maybe not quite so excited for for WrestleMania. But there is one (laughs) match, though, that I am looking forward to, and that's Edge versus AJ Styles. I I, I do think that could be really, really good, and I did like what they did. I mean, I I kind of feel they... Did they really need to turn Edge heel again? Because they did exactly Mm -hmm. the same thing last year going into WrestleMania where he turned heel. But yeah, that match, I think, could be really, really good. Yeah, I think it could be really good, especially if they don't um, uh, decide it needs to be like a marathon match. Like, um, I mean, um, all these great performers may not put on a match like that, but um, I think it would be like an awesome like 20-minute match. Um, I think that would be the perfect amount of time for it, and uh, it's definitely going to be good. Um, And um, just the whole edge turning heel like he did last night is just one of those things that he does like someone just turns for no reason and decides to almost kill a man in the ring yeah they did exactly uh, the same th- and, and typical WWE yeah. they did exactly the same thing with Damien Priest and the, the two segments right. are back to back Damien Priest turns heel right. and yeah. then the very next yeah, segment yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and with Edge it's like he didn't just turn heel he decided like he hates AJ so much he's trying to end his life um, 
And it's like, there's no history between these two. Like, where would that even come from? And so, but they won't have an explanation for it. And maybe Ezra can explain it. And he just, I, I, who knows what the explanation would be. It probably doesn't make sense, but it is what it is. But, and I guess they just needed to add heat to the program, which I get, but they could have done it in a different way. Um, they still have four weeks or so. Edge could, uh, have turned uh, more heel in the next week or two because uh, if they had anything creative in their mind, they could have come up with a creative way or reason why Edge turned heel. But um, but uh, the match itself should be really good. I am going to be excited to see that. That's the thing about WWE. We can criticize a lot of what they do and all that, but um, there can still be a lot of really good in-ring work. It's oh, yeah. In-ring work is ruined by finishes and this and that, but yeah. Yeah, I think Damian Priest is another guy you can add to that list who... I mean, they they had done a pretty good job of protecting him, and uh, he went undefeated for all that time, and then mm-hmm. he just randomly starts losing, you know. And he lost yeah, to uh, yeah. Finn Balor last night. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor is now the U.S. champion. We we could we could get him and um, we could get Balor and Priest for the U.S. title at WrestleMania, which again would be a very very good yeah. match. Uh, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. and and he does that typical thing where he blames the fans because that's what all yeah. hills do in WWE. But yeah, Damian Priest mm-hmm. is someone who they, I, I, you know, he could, he could be a, a future world champion for sure. Yeah, he has, he seems, seems to check all of Vince's, uh, you know, uh, bosses of, uh, you know, height and size and look and uniqueness and all that. And he's pretty decent on the mic and, um, and so it's, uh, you, you think he would get that, um, that shot and maybe he will, you know, maybe he'll come out of this program and, uh, maybe he'll be, uh, maybe, you know, someone that goes to the world title program with somebody. And, uh, I think that'd be great. And, um, it, it's just one of those things where I also feel like he was winning for so long. Vince you're like, Whoa, how come this guy hasn't lost in so long? Like you gotta beat him. <laughs> and so, and then he starts losing and it's just, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, if you're not, not named Roman, you're, uh, you can get in that trap of, uh, you know, you win too much, you get over too much, uh, they'll bring you down a couple of days. I think we've pretty much covered all the stuff we were going to cover. Uh, we, we've gone mm-hmm. uh, roughly an hour. Um, so, yeah, we, we've covered uh, a, lot of, a lot of ground there. But um, so, Revolution, uh, will you be watching the show live on, on Sunday? Uh, yeah, definitely. A lot of times what we'll do is like we won't, we'll watch it exactly live. We'll uh, maybe uh, catch up on PVR about an hour or so into it, just based on uh, day-to-day schedule of busy and everything. And so by the way, watching uh, either live or close to live. Like I said, I'll be doing a uh, sort of pre, a pre-show um, sort of roundtable discussion uh, with uh, a few of the guys from the, from the group. Uh, we probably will do... Mm-hmm. We didn't do a post show last time after Full Gear, but I, I think we might do a, like a post show as well. So uh, if you're free, I would love to have you on uh, for that. I would love to be if it works out. Yeah, so uh, thank you very much indeed, Preet, for, for coming on. And um, as I say, I mean, I, I'll be doing this every single week. So the weeks I can't get a, a new guest uh, for the uh, How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast, I'll be uh, bringing on. Uh, some of the previous guests I've had on, and, and I'm sure I'll be calling on you to uh, to come back on again at some point for this as well. Yeah, I would love to, and uh, I love all the shows you do, David, this and music. So um, I'm looking forward to whatever you drop. 
Well, I'm looking forward to dropping it. <laughs> so, uh, so for Preet, and on that note, uh, for Preet, I'm David signing off. And thank you for listening to the very first episode of The Bug Extra. <laughs>